The following is a presentation of Real Racing USA. Cool. You know that was that what we were playing there was uh, the theme from uh, a fistful of dollars, Robert. We played that specially for you. Well, I, I, nowadays it's a fistful of quarters. <laughs> yeah, I started to say your portfolio is like the rest of it. Took a tank. So, for people who don't know uh, who Robert Hart is, Robert owns uh, New Smyrna Speedway, Orlando Speed World, Columbia Motorsports Park, and the Fast Car Sanctioning Body that's been around. As long as Florida stock cars racing's been around, just about. And uh, uh, Robert, as we talked earlier today, I I, I wanted you to to, to uh, kind of give us a background of of uh, you know you really got involved in stock car racing in a huge way uh, about 12 years ago or so. But uh, your father built New Smyrna and and fast car and all that. So tell us about the days before. Uh, and how this whole thing developed. Well, actually, uh, there's been several stories about New Smyrna, how it came about, and none of them are really, really right, but maybe I can set you straight about it now. The uh, New Smyrna Speedway was, uh, some fellas came to us. It was uh, Pete Parrish, uh, Doc Epps, and I can't think of the other one. Oh, Benny Corbin. And they wanted to put a racetrack out here at the intersection of 44 and 415. And my dad always liked racing, but uh, we didn't really care about managing a racetrack. So he leased them this 33 acres at that time back in, oh, back in 1964. And they were to pay a $600 a month ground lease on this place. And... They were to pay for everything and make sure that uh, there was no liens against the property. And on top of that, they could buy the whole piece of property for $100,000. 
Boy, did they miss a gold mine. Oh, yeah, they did a real good job. But anyway, it was, but the thing about it was they never paid us any rent, and because they kind of had a little squabbling amongst themselves, and the only thing we wanted to do was watch a good race every Saturday night. And that went on for a couple of years, and and, uh, so we decided to go ahead. At that time, the only thing they had was a dirt track, which was turned into a dust bowl the first night. And then they put oil on it, which now they put you in jail for doing that. And, What's the oil do? Huh? What's the oil do? Well, the oil was supposed to, uh, you know, kind of make a big globular racetrack. With, what they had was they had this known as kill clay run through a kiln. And this stuff is either powdery, bone powdery, or it's a big lump clump of uh, mud that sticks to your feet. And there was no in-betweens. Anyway, they finally decided to pay the racetrack. And, like I said, they had some lumps and bruises. and they. But anyway, they never paid the the, uh, monthly fee, mainly because they had too much uh, squabbling amongst themselves. So we decided to clear that lease off because of, you know, the deal to buy the whole piece of property for $100,000. And then we turned right back around and leased it to them again so they could recoup their money. The only thing they had put down here was was the racetrack and a little bit of asphalt and a concrete wall and a couple of uh, little buildings. It wasn't that much. And then we got in a big lawsuit with Reeve Steel in Tampa. Uh, we claimed that the... the uh, grandstands were attached to the property and they disagreed so we all agreed to disagree and anyway they won and we moved these grandstands out of this racetrack four times before we finally purchased them (laughs) it was a case of you know that uh back at that time a fellow by the name of ed otto which is one of the founding members of nascar yeah and he leased the racetrack and then when the, when that was over with, then the grandstand would go back to some some place, and we'd have to rent them back again. It was a uh, it was uh, it was a lot of fun, but it was kind of hard. And it, during those days, there wasn't very much racing going on. So people, when a race came up, buddy, they came to the racetrack because it just wasn't there wasn't Disneyland, wasn't uh, Bush Gardens, and wasn't racing on TV. Things have changed a lot since then. Well, right up until the early 70s, they still were using the beach some, weren't they, for testing for speed and stuff? No. Uh, the last the time that they ran on the beach was in, I think, 1958 because they took, uh, or that was the last race they had. Now, as far as the flying mile or something, they might have had it for a year or two after that. But. Yeah. So there was a point in the... Uh, I, it must have been the mid-90s where uh, your father, Clyde Hart, uh, brought the Governor's Cup to New Smyrna. Um, tell us about how that all came about. Well, we had a, a general manager working for us at the time. His name was Art Moody. And uh, at that time, whenever Golden Gate closed down, and there was several years that uh, nothing happened, Art Moody being a good friend of uh, the gentleman who owned the racetrack, 
asking me says, uh, yeah, and asking me says, can we uh, can we bring the uh, Florida Governor's Cup over here? And they said yes. So I got my pickup truck and we took off. Went to uh, Sunshine Speedway, picked up the, the trophy, put it in the back of my truck, <laughs> and we took off to uh, New Smyrna Speedway. And we really got a lot of looks because everybody was wondering, what was that big fancy trophy doing in the back of that beat-up truck? But... <laughs> wow. That's that's a story right there, man. That's that's amazing. And now uh, this uh, coming Saturday, of course, is the, the, the 43rd uh, running of the Florida Governor's Cup. Been running since 63. And uh, that, that was a pretty smart move to get that trophy over to uh, New Smyrna Speedway. It kind of... Uh, in the 90s, I think, and at least it seems from my perspective, it seems like the uh, the, the race actually kind of came back into uh, to being something really big and special. That was that's true, and and uh, there's so much history behind that particular race that uh, you know we just could not let that thing wither away, and so I credit Art Moody with uh, bringing it back to New Smyrna, and. We've been proud to have the uh, Florida Governor's Cup with us ever since that time. So had you planned to, uh, I mean, when your father was, you know, say in the early early 90s, I mean, did you have plans in your future to uh, take over the tracks and, and become involved as much as you are today? Yeah, from uh, the very day that... Uh, that we finally decided, made a business decision to take over the speedway uh, because I told my dad, and we, in fact, we were in a big lawsuit about something else, and I was in the lawyer's office, and I said, hey, if we have to pay everybody else's bills, we might as well make them ourselves and at least enjoy making them and being we have to pay for them. So at that point is uh, when we decided, well, we're going to do it, and we got some friends together to help uh, set up the uh, rules. And ever since then, we've just been kind of, uh, you know, staying close to uh, racing as we can. My dad nor I knew anything about cars. And like I said, we've just, and my dad always just wanted to sit in the back of his truck and, and watch the races. And myself, I, in 1964, I was at, uh, Auburn University, going to veterinary medical school, and at that time is when the when the racetrack uh, became born. In fact, my dad told me he said, "Hey, when I came home for vacation, he said, let me take you over the racetrack. We're going to be the first one to run around this racetrack." And they had all the dirt piled up, you know, the turns and all this, and here's these big clumps of uh, what I call hard pan clumps of clay, and uh, we took off my mother's Bonneville, Bonneville, <laughs> and I'm going to tell you something. We had clumps of dirt flying every which way. Oh, clumps of dirt in until you sold it. That was that was back when it didn't even have a wall. How big it, was it? Oh, it was half mile. Same size as it is oh, now, yeah, but it same, was dirt. Same it is, and like I said, they were still digging dirt from around the turns and piling up <laughs> on the uh, on the uh, turns, one, all four turns. And my dad was. Uh, we had the best time. We just took off and rode around that thing probably about ten times, I guess, and and we brought the car back home. There was 
there was hard pan stuck all in the uh, radiator and <laughs> underneath the car. But uh, that was our first official, um, you know, first official race at New Smyrna Speedway with my dad with his uh, Pontiac. Uh, Robert, Robert, I want to ask you, this is Bill Green, i got to ask you, uh, being a young man, uh, going to school like you were and so forth, uh, getting ready to have a career towards uh, taking care of animals and so forth, to come back and, and see the turmoil that sometimes happened with trying to just lease the track to somebody else and then uh, progressing to the point to where you guys go, okay, this is enough, we're going to take it over and run the track, uh, those had to be, now that you look back, some great days of hanging out with your dad and and the racers and just from the beginning understanding what that racing family everybody talks about. Oh, yeah. At that time, like I said, when you went to a racetrack, you didn't have very many of them to go to. You had you had Golden Gate. You had Sunshine Speedway. You had this new racetrack called New Spurn Speedway. Um, and then you got Hialeah. I don't even think Ocala was born yet. It might have been, but it, um, but like I said, I, you know, I never, that was, I think that was a dirt track at the time. The fairgrounds in Tampa. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And I love to always go over to the Tampa fairground because I always bet on Miss Bardall, the uh, sprint car, and I always made money with my friends that went over because I <laughs> just played dumb about these sprint cars. But Miss Bardall, I don't remember who it was. It was, um, I can't think of his name now. But anyway, that's where the, the racing bug kind of got into me back in those days. And that's back when you went to the real carnival, back when the uh, burlesque shows were still were really strong in the... In the uh, yeah, they don't go over good today. No, sir. No, sir. <laughs> yeah, were, were you from Tampa? Nope. Right here in, in downtown Sam Sula. So did you spend some time in Tampa, though? Nope. Just long enough to go over with, uh, that's when the, when we went over with the 4-H kids, and all of us 4-H kids were going to go over and teach all those car, carny guys how to really operate, because we knew what we were going to do. We were only about 13 years old, but they took us for everything we had. Now, Robert, you'll be glad to know that I was a 4-H member and also an FFA member, you know, tractor driver, because I am a redneck, you know, uh, got cows and stuff. Were you a, a, a large animal vet? Uh, yeah, I, was, I did both. I did both. Uh, but see, back in those days, whenever I was going to school, I was always kept abreast of everything that was going on at the racetracks. And it wasn't until, I guess, probably 75, 1975, is when we took the, the speedway over. And that's when I I was in practice at that time, part part time down in Miami, and then I moved back up to New Smyrna Beach. And I was operating. In fact, I was I did all the advertising, everything out of my clinic in New Smyrna. I did a lot, did a lot that people didn't even know that I was even connected with. Did you go to veterinary school because of the connection of of? Uh... Your uh, your father being a, a cattleman? No, no. It's you know we were in the, we were in the land and cattle business and got some other stuff. But uh, this was something I planned on doing. It just so happened is that the racing came in in 1976, and uh, I guess it was up until 1982 when I sold my practice 
that I was I, I had a dual job running my uh, veterinary practice and running New Smyrna Speedway. Now, when you say what was I doing running it, um, I was what you call everybody everywhere that needed something done. I did it, and it was in this case here that you know if you had to do tickets uh, or work in the concession or clean the bathrooms out or uh, sweep the track. Uh, I did it because it was my family's business, and I couldn't say no, could not say no, because it had to get done. And that's the way it was all this time that, uh, you know, I always stayed back in the background a little bit because, as my dad always said, you always have somebody else being your lightning rod. And by the time it gets to you, then you can pretty well get it straightened out. But sometimes we meet some things head on you know you, you need you need somebody to kind of get a lot of the the uh, fluff out of it so you get down to the real core of the problem and then you sit down and figure out how to get it done now robert i want to ask you then the times that you, the, that you spent uh, doing both jobs working the track on the weekends or doing the week even i guess uh, when you weren't having to take care of somebody's animals or something how many times were you at the track and somebody asked you about something about their animals or vice versa, you were at the vet clinic and somebody was calling you up asking about what tires they could get a hold of or something else? Well, the tire part, uh, we always had, you know, somebody else handling the tires for us. So I never got into that part of it. But I did have people ask me about their pets and also ask me about what kind of medication they can take to take care of some of the things they brought to the track. And it was, uh, you know, so like I said, I... Uh, oh, yeah, we're back to that burlesque thing. Yeah. So anyway, I, um, I I kept an open mind on everything. And it was, like I said, I, I had a lot of fun having the dual role of uh, everybody. Well, in medicine, um, a lot of things that works on people works on animals, too. Oh yeah. So now, as as we come up to to uh, the late nineties, uh, when when uh, you took over the complete operation of the track, uh, when the, the the green truck was parked up on the hill for for uh, the last time, one of the first things that you did, or at least it seemed from the outside, one of the first things you did was uh, you brought uh, Don Narone into uh, the fast car organization, brought him back to work. Uh, with you, um, tell us about that and, and how that all came about and why and so forth. Well, at that time, uh, prior to that, if everybody remembers, we had uh, uh, what Florida Pro, Florida Pro Racing Series. I remember, and uh, <laughs> and then you know ha- had all that, and then then I had a lot of you know things that weren't working out for. Uh, so I decided, well, you know, I'll just go ahead and start the Sun Belt Super Late Mile Series. And I thought, well, I'll just, you know, I've known Don for a long time, and he and I, we've, we've laughed a lot, and we've wrestled a lot, and we've laughed a whole lot more. And I thought, well, I'll just call Don and see if he wants to help out on this. And uh, So that's, that's how it came about. I just called him up and said, Don, I said, uh, Let's see if we can, you know, get this thing going. And I said, I need some help on this. And he said, sure. So so you're the one that put that crown on his head. The crown? 
<laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Go ahead, Rob. No, I mean, I think uh, what a relationship uh, that started out to be. I guess you guys all kind of knew each other, though. If you knew Frank Derry, then you probably knew Don Narone early in life and uh, probably uh, – was that one of the best decisions that you thought you made in uh, in uh, racing there with uh, him in the Sunbelt Series? Yeah, I think so. Uh, with uh, see, Don used to work for us a long time ago, and uh, and like I said, we he decided he was going to go with uh, you know with his uh, USA thing, and and he didn't get along with us, some of the people we had at the racetrack, so. He decided he would move on, and and he left, uh, you know, with a, in a, you know, had a good recommendation from us. We never, we Don and I have never had had any arguments that we didn't get straightened out. And then whenever it came back with when I started this uh, super late model series, I asked him, I said, Don, I said, uh, let's get back and have some fun again. So, so I, when I called him up and talked to him and. In fact, I I talked to him about doing this, and he said, "Well, he he said he was he was uh, going to be working up at St. Augustine." I said, "Well, Don, I said, whenever you get finished there, give me a call." So I <laughs> so I'm up in Daytona there at the gas pump. Never forget it. I'm pumping gas, and all of a sudden I get a phone call, and it's Don, and he said, "Hey," he said, "I got some good news and bad news." I said, "Well, give me the uh, bad news." He says. He said that, uh, you know, the bad news is, or the, the bad, no, the good news was I got fired. And then he said, I need a job. So I said, okay. So that's how, and then the next day I decided to have a heart attack. So, so I, uh. I just always wanted to know the reason why that was Sunbelt, because I ran the Florida Pro Series with Bert. I ran all his races for like, uh. I don't know, three seasons or four seasons, you know, and so at the time that the Sun Belt, you know, started. And I never could understand for the life of me why, you know, uh, Bert and, um, you know, him couldn't get together, Don couldn't get together and, 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 and make it one series, you know, instead of having, okay, well, we're actually both going to run on Saturday nights a couple of times. You know, and then if you asked Don about it, he said, well, my schedule was out before his was, you know, and, and but everybody knows that Bert was running shows, you know, before, you know, the Sunbelt series started. And it, it aggravated me so much that, that I, you know, started a website myself way back then, you know, and was over there asking Don Narone, doing interviews with him because I was mad as a driver that it was happening and I wanted to voice my opinion about it. Well, um at that point in time, um, the uh, I, I told I told Bird I said, "Hey Bird, I said let's let's get uh, get these tire companies, you know, going at each other." And I said, "Maybe they'll pay us a lot more, and uh, you know, for the point fund, right?" So I just you know, and I was running good years at the time, and I just said, "Okay," I said, "I'll." Just to make everything smooth, I said, I said, uh, I don't even worry about running Goodyear's at my track for, you know, during those series. And, uh, but I said, now the next year, you know, we'll have 
see what we can come up with with Goodyear kicking up money for the point fund. And the next that next year, Bert just didn't even ask me. He just went ahead had the uh, Hoosiers. So I just kind of got. I said, you know what? I said, these drivers, if we can get a big point fund, we can get one bigger than what he's got going right now. So that's the reason I decided to just go ahead and and go with, with Goodyear. And Goodyear was, they'd been with me up until just this last two, three months. And I think Jimmy Smith, I think, had been doing his tires for, you know, they funded our points jackets. I know all of our points jackets always said Jimmy Smith tires on them, so I'm sure that he probably used them for many years, you know. And it's unfortunate that something that was all about points through a series that, you know, because my point was is that just like with the dirt races that we see today with these series, these guys are at least smart enough that they put the two series together, and they put on these great races where they got 50 cars that show up, and when you watch the race, you're watching the best cars race. And that was the whole point. When I started racing late models, there was 35 cars that would show up to these Florida Pro races, okay? And so when you actually made it in the show and you raced against Jimmy Cope and Dick Anderson and Dave Fletcher and all those guys, then you raced against the best guys. Well, when the series starts, you know, up against one and then you take these 35 guys and you split them in half, then that series, then you know what happens. The rich guys, they can go to both of them. But then the guys that don't, they can only support one. And I think, myself, it was part of not the demise of late model racing, because late model racing is still great today. I just think that that's the demise of a lot of series around here. And anytime I hear one series going and another one wants to start it, it just always seems like it messes it up. Because if there had always been just one super late model series with one set of rules, you know, maybe we wouldn't be where we are today with all that. Mashy, are you going to be here Saturday? No, I can't afford to, actually. I, that, that's been my problem. I can't afford to race right now. So, you know, I I, I have a car, and uh, I just um, I can't afford to race it outside of where I live. I just moved back to Tampa, so I'll probably be racing over at Citrus, you know, when they start back up. I can only – I can't travel and race anymore, so – Really well, that's, that's one of that's one of the the things that uh, other super late mile drivers expressed interest to me is that it just gets so expensive to travel around, and so that's why we are turning our interest to Orlando and New Smyrna Speedway to focus on our weekly shows and make them as good as a traveling series. And I think that's great. And that's, uh, you know, because whenever I, you know, with, with the gas prices, even though they've come down, I'm, I'm just telling you, it's 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 cost a bunch. You know, whenever, if if I if I make some money, fine. If I lose a bunch of money, I'm not telling everybody that I'm losing a bunch. And because I know these guys, it costs them a lot just to get there to collect this meager purse that I'm paying. Uh, and and like I said, you know, some things have to change. Things have to change, and when it, when you get down to cost, you just got to look at it and say, hey, look, you know, we've got to change this somehow or another, make our racing better, right at our local tracks. And uh, yeah. and, and I hope every race track, every race track, concentrates on getting their own show 
real good because nobody's going to help us unless we help ourselves. And the drivers have got to help us, and we got to help the drivers too. So, you fast cars. Uh, I know at least at New Smyrna, uh, you've started instituting what they're calling town hall meetings with the drivers. As have have you seen any uh, positive results from from that? Oh yeah, I've uh, let me tell you, I've I have uh, had a number of drivers come up to me and you know shake my hand and say, hey, listen, you know what, we got to do our part. You know, you lowered your your gate prices on cert on on uh, certain races and or like all your weekly stuff and said, you know what, we appreciate that. Even the food prices, some of them. In fact, one of them came up to me and says, you know what. These are the best hamburgers I've ever eaten any place. <laughs> so I went in there and got me one from the from the from the chef and asked him. I said I want one as good as that guy was telling me how good they are, and I tried it out. And I told him I said the guy gave you a compliment. He reached over and grabbed two hamburgers, wrapped them up, and he said, "Take them to this guy." Compliments of him, the chef, which really is me that's paying for it, but uh, he was. <laughs> So he gave, he gave me the two hamburgers, and I took them over to the guy, and I tacked him on the shoulder, and I said, this came from the chef thanking you for uh, giving him such critiques on his food that it being so good. And this driver, he started laughing. He said, you know what? He said, everything around these racetracks have really changed since we had all of our meetings, and, and everybody got out and expressed their opinion. And even though, let me tell you, tell you what, I... What really irks me is if somebody has a problem and they don't talk to Robert Hart about it or somebody that gets it to me because I'm in the business to make sure everybody has a good time when they go to this racetrack. And if there's something wrong, I like to know about it now. In fact, when I go through the concessions, I'm all the time I, I take a cup and I check the coffee out, see how it tastes check the hot co- uh, hot chocolate out, and if it's lukewarm, I pitch a royal bitch about that. I said, you know what? I said, we're not going to be serving, you know, crap out through the window. I said, everybody needs to check, see how good our stuff is, because I don't want somebody to come away and say, you know, that was a, a bad hamburger. And this particular individual, and this is a very high-profile Super late mile driver came up to me and shook my hand and was laughing. He said, "Hey Robert," he says, "These are the best hamburgers I've eaten." So it's uh, I, I I love to make people have a good time, and if I don't have have a good time, I take the blame for it because I sure want to make them have a better time next time. Robert, are you a member of the Cattlemen's Association? Uh, no, I am not. Do, do you guys have cows? How many cows you got? Oh, how many cows have I got? Hundreds. Oh, I don't know. The IRS might be listening. <laughs> They're not listening. They could care less. Trust me. They're looking for Jack anyways. <laughs> yeah, we blame everything on this show that goes wrong on Jack. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. I missed that because I was uh, <laughs> talking to... No, I, I, just, I just was wondering, you know, because uh, that's probably why... Uh, the hamburgers are so good, you know. You guys are raising them Florida cattle, and uh, they probably came. Beef. They probably came from my place. They, yeah, I've got cows around the, the racetrack here. They listen to uh, those motors roaring, so they they kind of get shook up every Saturday night. Oh. They're probably pretty tender. 
They get they get a good massage from the sound. Yeah. So, uh, this Saturday night, definitely uh, one of those big late model races is going to happen. One of those ones that you want to win. You know, where all the great drivers are going to be there. You know, uh, you guys definitely do have that deal uh, wrapped up. And uh, I tell the folks out there that are listening, if you've never been to the Florida Governor's Cup, uh, you need to uh, go to it. And uh, who's who's some big names that you know are going to be there, Robert? Well. First of all, I, I, if anybody watches or can pick up the Channel 9 in the uh, viewing area, we were on the, uh, I call up the uh, uh, TV people and, and I asked them about it. I said, you know what, I'd like to get a spot on uh, on the Homestead race. I'm expecting, you know, four or $5,000, which I used to advertise quite regularly, but since... Daytona got that billion-dollar contract with the uh, TV. The the spots now cost like four or five thousand dollars. So the guy told me, he said, "I'll get you one in there, and uh, one that I can afford." So here it was. I put New Smyrna Speedway put our little bitty ad on TV, which uh, went all over Central Florida. Uh, and like I said, I I said I hope everybody sees this ad. Because if you're going to be fishing, you might as well fish in the barrel where all the fish are. And I figured anybody who's going to the races should be watching uh, watching this race. Well, at least one person put uh, a comment on the uh, proverbial uh, bathroom wall about it. So, uh... <laughs> yeah, there were people watching. You can guarantee it. And I imagine you might have got a few calls Monday or Tuesday here. Well, I, I haven't heard any. Didn't hear anybody. No one called me about it, but. Uh, I hope there's more than uh, one person saw it. Well, you know, uh, uh, I guess uh, Jeremy Colangelo, Tim Russell, and uh, Matt Bowers, those three, and be fighting for the the Sun Belt Championship, and that'll all be part of this deal too on uh, on oh, yeah. Saturday. So, well, you know, Dave Fletcher, I'm sure he's going to be there racing. He's been uh, he's been got he's got his late model together, so. He should be there to try to capture that cup. Well, I sure hope he shows up. And we got David Rogers, and I think uh, Wayne Anderson's going to be there. Yeah, you know, Robert. Chip. That's one thing about the Governor's Cup is is the fact that some of the names that have kind of popped up on the screen and come down to run the Governor's Cup, a few of them have won it, have, have helped build that Governor's Cup to what it somewhat is today. And the fact that you know, the, when you get some of the names that have won it. To come down and people to just run in it, uh, it's, it sometimes gets the word out a little further. And so, uh, tell us about some of the folks who have won the race that have been uh, predominantly some of the great drivers right here in Florida, of course. But there's been guys that have come down just to you know kill a weekend off and come down to the sunshine and uh, have taken home a trophy. Well, the uh, you know we've had uh, you know like Andersons and and. Uh, I don't, and I had uh, you know Showcat and a bunch of them come down. And you put him on the spot, Bill. Well, I know. I, I was thinking. I was thinking. I don't mean. I didn't mean to, Robert. But well, uh, like I, the Rudiman. Well, I mean, Leroy. Leroy Porter wanted. Yeah. I mean, there's been. Yeah, I, just, I saw Leroy. Uh, Mike Eddy. USA race too. Mike Eddy. Yeah. Uh, but there's just the caliber of driver, just like uh, Rob was trying to say. Uh, they really come out of the woodwork. I mean, go put a car together, Dave Pletcher, and get there because it just—it's the place to be. Right? Yeah. 
I would love to be able to race there. You know, if I had the sponsorship to do it, I would definitely come and uh, do you, and uh, attempt it. Robert, do you remember? Uh, and I, I'm just curious if you remember this because I'm I'm looking at the the top ten. Uh, we have a, a place on the Carnac.com uh, in the Florida history section where we got a pretty good uh, overview of of the Governor's Cup, and there's the top ten from every year and uh, pretty much every year and. In 1968, Gary Ballou won the Governor's Cup, and Will Cagle came in second. And do you remember that? You know what? I no, I don't remember that one. That uh, 68, I was. I, I know I was probably up. I know I was up at Auburn University. Well, I was just looking at that top three: Billy Gill, Will Cagle, and Gary Ballou. That must have been. Yeah, but I, I'm always. I don't want to say for sure because I wasn't very old then. But if I'm not mistaken, didn't they wind up in a fight? I don't remember. I wasn't there. I think Blue and uh, I don't remember reading anything about that. I one. haven't heard. I have not heard anything about that. And uh, I mean, in 1978, ten years later, the top four: David Pletcher, Leroy Porter was third, Dick Anderson was second to Dick Trickle. <laughs> yeah, Dick Trickle was one of the ones that I was thinking of yeah. earlier that yeah. had come and, and done it and so it's forth. It's pretty amazing. Jeff Shoket is uh, supposed to be back. He's he's back in Florida after his uh, venture up in the in the Carolinas, trying to make the big time, and he's he's back been back in Florida racing some dirt. And he should be Saturday. He should be at the Governor's Cup. Robert, over the years, how well has it served the track, New Smyrna Speedway in itself, to be as close as it is to Daytona International Speedway? to help you draw some attention to yourself, especially during those special speed weeks that come along each year? Well, of course, you know, that uh, it has helped us tremendously. Um, I remember there was, I remember Chris Economaki sent me a um, front page of the Los Angeles Times with a article right dead center of the sports section of the Los Angeles Times, talking about the uh, uh, ugly duckling of racing and had a picture of our speedway right in the middle of the Los Angeles Times. And he wrote me a little memo, and he says, too bad you can't get good coverage like this in your own local newspaper. Talking about Daytona, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And uh, we hear that all the time. I've never forgotten that, and I still have that. But as far as... See, back during the time whenever um, Pete Parrish and, and uh, uh, Doc Epps and Benny Corbin, they would lease the Speedway here. This is when the World Series first started, and a fellow by the name of Ed Otto, who was, like I said, was yeah. one of the last surviving members of the NASCAR uh, franchise and uh, was finally bought out by Francis some years later. Uh, he started the World Series, and they had uh, they only had a four night show. But when we took over the racing operation, we increased it to actually ten days, but then we cut it back to nine. And during that time, we brought in the uh, Northeast Northeastern Modified Series, and because they ran at Daytona, but being they ran at Daytona, everybody had to come down all the uh, modified guys, because it was points a points race. And we ended up having more cars at New Smyrna Speedway than they did at the big track. 
In fact, Richie Evans sent his wife to the big end-of-the-year banquet at the Daytona Hotel and to collect his trophy and left a message for his wife to say Richie was at New Smyrna Speedway. He, he had a race to go to, and he was there, so he couldn't make it to pick up his awards for, you know, to be in the NASCAR Modified Champion. And then a few years later, they kind of uh, did away with with the uh, modified stuff, but we've kept it ever since, and that's that's been a good draw for us. And like I said, it's it's for sure with Daytona, you know, that helps it helps us out tremendously. If it wasn't for Daytona, we'd just have a regular regular. Well, I tell week. you, I tell you what, there's fans that come from up north that their kids are still coming because they used to come with mom and dad yeah. down here to see those kind of races and get to go to the Daytona. 500 at times. Did the NASCAR, uh, they, did NASCAR ever try to buy uh, buy your racetrack at one time, try to buy you guys out? Not that I know of. I'd be the first one probably to know it. The uh, they have, Right now, they are talking to us, wanting us to go with NAS, go NASCAR right now. And what's that going to take? Uh, what, what are they? What kind I of, don't, I have no idea. Probably a, a lot of, a lot of money. Lot of something. I don't know what, but uh, yeah. going to drag you over coals probably. Didn't we? Well, <laughs> and we've talked to them before about it, but uh, this time they seem to be more serious. So I figured I would, you know, be gentle about it, at least listen, see what they got to say. So yeah, can I, can I ask what your opinion would be on that and why NASCAR doesn't sanction all of these track owners' racetracks for them? Probably because uh, maybe they don't want to. But, uh, what is your opinion? Do you think that maybe they should and that would help racing? Because I think in a lot of ways NASCAR hurts the local racetracks because of them putting up lights at tracks and running on Saturday nights. You know, uh, you know let me tell you something. That is a business decision. You know, they are they ISC, International Speedway Corporation, they have to, to answer to stockholders. And they're supposed to make money. And they're doing whatever they can to make money. It just so happens it doesn't fit real good with the Saturday night racers. But you can't say, hey, don't do that because these tracks need to make money. You know, us tracks have just, us tracks have to learn how to attract people in uh, rather than just the old ways. We have to entertain everybody that comes in this racetrack and there's more to it than just racing you've got to enter there's a fellow by the name of Hugh Deary he's since passed away but he was the first speaker for the uh, promoters workshop up in Daytona and I'll never forget and he was only he's only about he this gentleman owned Rockford Speedway up in Illinois and he had a t-shirt up there he says you have to enter thy race fans. There you go. He said, let me tell you something, folks, and, and I'll never forget it. I, just as if I, he was standing in front of me. He said, if you think you're in the racing business, you are wrong. He said, NASCAR is in the racing business. He said, we are in the entertainment business. And it just so happened we might get a little bit of racing going on. Of course, everybody, all, all my race guys comes here, they race. And I take my hat off to them because they're racing. But the people in the grandstands have got to be entertained. When did he say that, Robert? 
Oh, that was probably back in about 1978. It's doubly, triply, or even more true now today than it was then. You know. Absolutely. And I, and uh name is Hugh Deary. And a uh, uh, well-respected gentleman, he passed away, but I've never forgotten that. And, uh, and like I said, so whenever NASCAR, whenever they're doing their stuff on Friday night or Saturday night, whatever it is, uh, sure, I, I wish they weren't, but you know what? They've got people to answer to. They're in the business to make money, just like every little racetrack is. Um, it just so this, this sanctioning tracks, do you think that would help their business out? Probably. I think it would. I don't know. I, myself, I don't think it would because it costs a lot of money. Yep. It costs a lot. See, so you got to turn in, I think, 5% of your of your purse every week, plus, uh, you know, you got your insurance and all that. And it's, it's, uh, people just think, well, you put a NASCAR thing on, it's going to work. Nope. Well, as I told him, I said, I've got two racetracks that would possibly be looking at it. And I said, uh, I know if, if, if they did go NASCAR, uh, It'd have to cost a lot of money. You'll have to come with a lot of something to uh, offset the things that I'd have to give up. What What are the toughest issues uh, that you have to deal with? As a, I mean, again, you're you're in a, a unique uh, situation, or in some cases, I guess you could say predicament, in that you own multiple racetracks in Florida. What are some of the toughest, biggest issues that uh, consume your time as a track owner? Well, you've got to, uh, you know, you listen to all your drivers, and when you're where I, in the position I'm in, and I try to delegate all these things to other people, but what happens is everybody that has a uh, little, little details will kill you real quick, totally kill you. And everybody's got something that they need to have done to make things better. Well, you just don't jump out and... and say a knee jerk and say i'm going to we're going to do this and we're going to do that i have people pulling me all the time pulling my ear this way we got to do this somebody else we need these kind of tires we need to to uh, eliminate this group we've got to uh, uh change tires or whatever and and on top of that running the racetrack you got to figure in your advertising i have people tell me says you know what we never hear your advertising. <laughs> well, I remember this RPM promo, uh, racer promoter workshop. One of the questions up there was, where do you advertise? What TV would you advertise? And one of the answers was, maybe there ain't no good TV because you got 150 channels and you just can't get a hold of everybody. But, and, and I, me, I'm afraid to, to pick what I, what I think should be, because what I what I listen to, I figure no one ever wants to listen to that. So you try to get a cross section of where to advertise, and that that's uh, and if you advertise everything you want to, you'll be broken about thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah, TV's pretty tough. And tough. then you've got you know you got people that's on the payroll, you've got people that, uh, and then then one of your biggest problems is, hey, the weather. The weather is one of the biggest race promoters there is. If it's super duper weather, 
you can just about uh, hit a home run. And if it's not, you know, you get to carry that loss over to the next time. A good example is, is a Marion Edwards race I just had. I got beat up on weather back when it was scheduled at Orlando. I had TV stuff out, had radio stuff out, had to pay people to be there. But this is part of the deal. This is part of it. And if you can't stand that, you might as well get out of the business. That's where the gamble comes in, I guess. Oh, yeah. And, and then we had a fantastic race this Saturday night. But the thing about it is, you know, I had a lot of loss carryover from two or three weeks ago. And, uh, you know, we had a great race, and, uh, and the guy told me we had the best hamburgers ever. <laughs> well, there have been some great improvements in the concession stand and so forth yeah. uh, the governor's cup coming up what special things will happen that night uh, beyond the norm of uh, getting guys out there doing a little autograph session and so forth anything special well we have uh hold on a second we have uh well we, of course we got our autograph session and uh well we're i don't well, we got anything extra special. It's just that. Well, I was, I was waiting for you to get to the part about your dad's truck because I know that each year he usually did something special, and I wanted to take the opportunity to tell you that I don't get to New Smyrna as often as I like to. I used to always come right after the Fourth of July race and go to that Sunday, but um, to, every time I get there now, and I happen to turn my head around and I look and I focus on that truck, I think how cool it is that you've got it up there to represent and for the memory of your dad and so forth. And it makes me remember getting to the racetrack and getting to be a part of seeing my dad race. And, and so I want to thank you for the effort that you took to do that. And uh, you may have just done it selfishly for yourself, or, but a lot of fans apparently <laughs> like your dad a lot. And they, they still like the fact that you keep that truck up there in, in his memory. I had, uh, well, my mother's car is up there, too. Back whenever, when my parents were alive, you know, my dad was here and my mother was here. And my dad would generally get get to the racetrack late because he was feeding cattle or something. And, and uh, but we we had, it was it was a lot of fun because back in those days, you know, it just told, that was, you know, 10 years ago. And things have changed so much. And uh, but like I said, I always keep my dad's truck up there. People thank me all the time. So, you know, I, I, we get a big smile on our face when we drive by and see Clyde Hart's truck up there, you know, checking out over 44, which is which the road's named after him now from from the racetrack all the way out to uh, Interstate 4. And uh, also, listen, I want to take a second here. Uh, I want to, you know, openly express my appreciation for my wife sticking up with me because uh oh about about 14 15 years ago whenever i was taking care of orlando speed world by myself i tell you what i was in orlando all the time or, or revard or somewhere promoting just every day every day and uh she stuck up for me through all this mess and and my son he's 19 years old now and he's at uh, University of Florida, and his name is, remember this, folks, he said he's planning on either being governor of the state of Florida or the senator of the state of Florida, and his name is Andrew James Clyde Hart. And he says when 
he says he's going to take this racetrack over and show us Paul how to run it. There you go. So, and he's been hanging around with that uh, that other friend of yours, uh, Mister William Posey, hasn't he? Oh yeah, he's uh, he's been a page for Bill Posey up at uh, up at the legislature in Tallahassee, and uh, but anyway, they. I remember we had a we had oh, a couple of years or several years ago back when the governor was when when the governor race was running. I remember there was one uh, one candidate came up and and Bill said to the guy I said hey he said I want you to meet somebody. Now he's talking to this candidate and it, and he reaches over and grabs Andrew and he says I want you to meet the next governor of the state or next governor of the state of Florida in the year such and such, such as, and the uh, candidate, he got a big smile on his face, and the guy, and Bill Posey says, this is Andrew James Clyde Hart's going to be next governor, and because he thought Bill was introducing him as the next governor, and uh, Andrew was, never forgot that, because uh, Bill thinks so much of him, and he's six foot three now, and up at Gainesville, almost a straight A average, and yeah. Doing pretty well. I know he's not taking after me. I guarantee you I couldn't have got into Florida. <laughs> is Andrew is is uh, is uh, Andrew going to be uh, traveling up to uh, Washington now that uh, Bill's moved moved up up the ladder a bit? Oh, he's already he had that figured in on his plan before Bill got elected because he even told his history professor up at Gainesville he said we will be going to uh, Washington. He said because I've got connections. <laughs> Yeah, because now that Bill Posey got elected uh, this year, the uh, yeah. House of Representatives, and uh, that's uh, a pretty cool thing because he's he's a very very good friend of racing, obviously. Um, Robert, let me ask you: uh, we got uh, Orlando Speed World, New Smyrna Speedway, Columbia Motorsports Park. Um, you just uh, uh, Terry Roberts uh, went off to uh, Georgia, and uh, so. Uh, Joe uh, Lewandowski's kind of taken over a part of his job, and you know, uh, I'm not sure what's happening over at Orlando, but it looks like you got some changes going on, and 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 2009 is certainly going to be a year of change for fast car. Ah, uh, yeah. I'll tell you what. Why don't we do this? Why don't we take uh, take a short break here? I wanted to do that anyway. Pay a few bills. You ain't paid. And we will more. come back in a few minutes. Gentlemen, to Inside Florida Racing, talking with the uh, man himself, Robert Hart. Uh, he's got a great view of racing from the inside, as he's been uh, part and parcel to the inner workings and building, even of uh, New Smyrna Speedway. Uh, Robert, we'll be get back to those changes. Yeah, we were just talking about changes and things going on. Uh, some of the things that uh, you've seen happen. I mean, I know that Terry Roberts did a great job for you. He brought in a lot of interest and even sponsorship and stuff. Uh, to lose someone like him and try to replace that is difficult, but yet we do keep going on each time somebody changes a position. So, uh, what do you what do you see in the future for 2009, maybe into 10 for uh, some of the changes coming up for New Smyrna and uh, your uh, uh, tracks? Well, at uh, at New Smyrna, I've had 
I've hired a fellow by the name of Joe Lewandowski. Uh, he's been in the racing for quite a few years, and he took over the uh, space that uh, Terry created. And uh, Terry was uh, super great. I'm going to tell you something. Terry was, uh, we, we had a lot of fun together, and Terry was was really good for us. And I was kind of sad to see him go. But, you know, as my dad says, you, the sun comes up every day, and you put your pants on the same way, and you just keep on going. So, anyway, I got Joe, and Joe is, he's down to, you know, to the grassroots of uh, getting things together to for sponsorship uh, he's you know, a lot of people are wondering well why did i get a hold of joe i said well because joe is uh he's kind of a down-to-earth fella in fact i was talking to uh, another high-profile person and i said to him i said he said you know what he said he said i've got a lot of people i'm gonna uh, have joe talk to and i said well i said joe is just just you know just a good guy, and this this fellow told me, you know what, he says, Joe is going to work out real well with all the people that I've got, and he said, these people want to spend money, and Joe is, I think, is is great. I, I, we hadn't even missed a beat, missed a beat, but like I said, Terry is, uh, I'm glad he's went up to Lanier and taken over that place. I, I think he's going to do a good job, but... Uh, Anyway, he's always welcome to come back down here and and buy a ticket. Well, for the most of our race fans that are out there that, knew, that may not have even caught the fact that Terry had actually uh, gone to Lanier, uh, Terry told us a couple of years ago, I think on the air, we'd said, you know, what's in the future for you and stuff. He said, well, one day I'd kind of like to go back towards home and, and hang out. So I guess that's part and parcel to what part of this move was for him, was to get back near home and go back into Georgia. So, um, I mean, but like you said, uh, I haven't heard anybody complaining that suddenly, you know, New Smyrna's going downhill. So apparently you've chosen the right folks to fill the right hole. And like I said, you know, Rusty is, is uh, going to, uh, out to Monroe, Louisiana, to uh, uh, that uh, $6 million racetrack out there. And one thing about it was he only had to answer to me, but out there... There's got a bunch of investors he's got to answer to every day, so. Good luck, Rusty. He, he's going to, but Rusty's going to be good because you know what, Rusty is, Rusty is he's he's got a good gift to gab and he can talk to anybody, and like I said, I I I think it was, I think it was a, a real good opportunity for Rusty, um, and like I said, he's got that big fancy racetrack out there and it's going to be it's going to be fun, but he's he's. He's he's a good guy. Rob? Yes, sir. Yeah, Rob, go ahead. No, I I, I wasn't going to say anything. I'm just listening. Uh, uh, Robert, let me ask you now, what about Columbia? What's the deal there? What do you, what do we expect in 2009? Well, Don's, Don and Sandy, you know, they run that racetrack up there, and, uh, you know, they're, they're in the process of uh, trying to buy it from me. So, like I said, I'll be, uh, you know, just kind of stand on the sidelines there while they, you know, do their little deal up there. And we, I think that uh, we, we we had invited people to ask questions, and that's one of the questions that was asked was uh, the the word was out that you were still actually the owner of Columbia, and that they were they thought you know you might be leasing the track to them or something. But in reality, well, they're kind of trying to buy it. 
Well, actually, it's a you know a lease with an option to buy. Yeah, I think uh, actually, I think we have asked answered most of the questions that were <laughs> everything except something about the hot dogs at the concession stand in Orlando Speed World. Apparently, that's not as good. Somebody as said the one in New Smyrna. Yeah, they actually the the exact quote was those things are deadly. Oh, really? <laughs> Whoever's supplying hot dogs over there. <laughs> What did they call them? Gut grenades or something? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it was. I, I think every racetrack has what it's called uh, <laughs> gut grenades. Um, <laughs> How's the kettle corn? Kettle corn is great when it's there. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they don't show up that much, but uh, they'll, they'll. I'm sure they'll be there for the crasherama. Well, if I learned anything today, Jack, I yeah. learned that New Smyrna has the best hamburgers at any racetrack in the state of Florida. That's right. Repetition is the is the key of advertising, right, Rob? That's right. Okay, now, Robert, we could not possibly have you come on this show without asking this question. I want you to tell us and the race fans, and and uh, you know, I know you won't hold back. Tell us what you really think about racing message boards. Racing message boards? Yes, sir. Well, tell you the truth, uh, I guess they're all right. I never read them. <laughs> well, now you want to you want to know information? You want to know when people got complaints? You should be reading it every day. <laughs> what did you say? I didn't hear you. That was. I said if you if you want to hear about the complaints, you should be reading it every day. That's what they always put on there. They always moaning and groaning about something, whether it's New Smyrna or Orlando Speed World or some other track. Uh, it's actually better if you probably don't. <laughs> well, like I said, I don't read it. I, I, uh, I really respect the person. I don't care how bad he gives me a cussing if he calls me out and tells me who he is, because maybe part of it's true. Well, you know, I, I would uh, have to say that's very true because I remember one of the first conversations you and I had was uh, it was a long time ago, and uh, uh, I was uh, giving you a pretty hard time about some. I think we were talking about safety and safety of the th- track, Jack. Come on, yeah, safety, racing safety, and you and I went round and round and round, and uh, I think we finally agreed to disagree on some things. But I, I must say that in the intervening years, uh, not only have you you made the racetrack look a whole lot better, but uh, it is a whole lot safer facility than it was a long time ago. You know, I had uh, I was talking to somebody about that same conversation here just a few days ago, and I said, you know what, I said, there's two things I always remember about Karnak. First off, I was the most dangerous man in the racing business, and then I am the most, now I'm the most influential person in the <laughs> You like that, huh? It swings and, the pendulum, don't he? <clears throat> but I, I tell you what, what was the, what was the, to me, was probably uh, more fun than anything was, Whenever I put out a five hundred dollar bounty on your uh, ponytail, on your ponytail, and what I could get, I could pull five hundred dollars hey, for a ponytail. Hey, that's off now. Uh, okay, but I, I remember Jack always get it. Jack always kept his ponytail tucked inside his jacket. <laughs> yeah, when I was around. But, but anyway, I, I I'll have to say is uh, I have a lot of respect for Jack Smith. Appreciate yeah, it, 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 it's been a lot of fun, and 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 even though at times Karnak can get a little tingly and get to the edge of uh, 
craziness. Uh, it, it serves its purpose, I believe, to let a, pe- a lot of people just vent. And they don't drag it around all the time. Well, Robert, I tell you what, uh, we've come to to the end of this time here that we have tonight, and uh, I I can't tell you, I can't thank you enough for uh, uh, taking the time. This is the first time that we've ever done this with you on uh, our radio shows, and uh, it was sincerely our pleasure to uh, have had yeah, you on. It was a good time. I appreciate it, Robert. Myself, uh, no, I never. I want to say this is, is I'm not very computer savvy, but I remember only one time that I ever answered somebody that had written something on Karnak, and I remember I was at home, and I said, I'm going to try this, and I sent the guy the answer, which he was wrong, and I got him straightened out. And then the next reply came back from the same guy, and he said, you know what? He said, I didn't believe it, but the owner himself, replied and he said we agreed to agree on what i had said and that's the last person i've ever answered on the off of a you know had anything going against what i had to do well he now see, feels like a very special person supposed to work yeah there you go that's it we will see you saturday at the 43rd running of well, the governor's cup i invite everybody out because it's going to be a barn burner the weather is supposed to be very good and uh, we got a lot of good racers coming. You got that Southern Sportsman Shootout too. We didn't get into that too much, but uh, the Southern Sportsman Shootout, and uh, of course, uh, uh, that's going to be pretty cool too. Uh, some of the best sportsman racers in Florida will be the big support race. And, we, and just in front of your interview, we talked to Davey Hamilton from the IRL. He's coming down to visit with sure you. Sure enough. Hey, bring right his here. helmet, his helmet, and driving suit. He's going to race a late model. Yeah, we got to find him a car. <laughs> All right, Robert. We will talk to you soon. Listen, thank you. I've, it's one of the one of the best highlights of my year right now. Thank you. All right. A lot of fun, Robert. Thanks so thank much, you, Robert. Thank you. Bye. Man, knows right. how to run a race race. Let me tell you, he does a great job and uh, really puts the word out and gets things going and rolling. Pretty cool. And uh, well, it's going to take a while to assimilate all that.
salvation Just around the bend 